Hey everyone, this is Corinne Lafont, your favorite radio host, your only radio host and favorite girl, of course, broadcasting to you from the lovely island of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean on Between the Lines. And every time I say that, my guests always smile. That's the reason why I say it too. <laughs> it brings us smile to their faces. Yes, and I always start my show off the same way every time, with gratitude. I am thankful to be above ground. I am thankful to be here, to witness the beauty of the world, to share with you whatever little nuggets I can share with you today and even learn myself. Don't ever think that when I am interviewing someone that it's, it's me trying to share with you. It's actually me learning from them as well. The same way that you're learning, I'm learning from them. It's a two-way street, two-way communication, yeah? So we are all here to learn, and I hope that at the end of this episode that you'll be able to walk away with at least one thing. Even if it's one, I'm happy. Even if it's one life we impact in this world, I am happy, yeah? Because that one life will be able to tell another life and another life and another life, and I am superbly grateful about that. So I have with me a handsome man, as I do with all my guests on my show, you see? Like attracts like, you know, attractiveness and beauty comes on my show because I'm a beautiful person. Hey, okay. So, yes, so I have with me David Richards. Let me tell you a bit about him. But before I do that, we're talking about pursuing life as a civilian. It might seem like a simple topic, but as we discuss, you will understand why we are discussing that topic. Pursue life as a civilian. So David Richards is a life strategist. He's a number one international best-selling author and speaker on personal development. He spent his early childhood living in various parts of the United States and three years living on the island of Okinawa, Japan. After graduating university with a degree in English, he was commissioned an officer in the Marines. He served 15 years on active duty before deciding to break out from the path his father and brother had followed in making a military career and left the Marines to pursue life as a civilian. He joined Cisco Systems in 2006 and shortly thereafter discovered yoga. A year later, he taught his first yoga class, realizing the fulfillment that came from helping others see their vision more clearly. He became a certified life coach. He works with individuals and organizations, conducting training through private coaching and engagement, speaking events and workshops. Down to earth, insightful, and sometimes silly, we'll see that today. He blends elements of yoga with quantum physics to bring the esoteric together with the practical for a truly unique perspective of how the mind works, in turn creating easily understood self-development plans that create lasting change for a more fulfilling life. Welcome, David, to Between the Lines. Corey, thank you so much. It's very exciting to be here. And uh, Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago sounds pretty good right now. So it's, it's it a does. little cool here in the United States, but uh, that sounds good. Yes, it is. And I would like to make a little correction, uh, a little correction there. We say Trinidad and Tobago. People normally say Tobago. Tobago. Yes, Tobago. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. So I don't want them to hold you up at immigration when you come to visit and you say Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> I want them to welcome right, no. you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yes, and you can tell them that Corinne taught you how to say Trinidad and Tobago, so they will let you in wholeheartedly and with love, yeah? Excellent. <laughs> Great. So, 
David, you're pursuing life as a civilian. You had such a lovely military career. Your family pursued that. And I like how you said, you know, you broke out from that path. A lot of us have been programmed as children. If our parents were doctors or lawyers or teachers or whatever it may be, it was expected of us to follow that path. Expected. You just had to. They prepared you, they trained you, they sent you to school, you didn't have a choice. It was just, and your mind as a child was one of, this is what I'm supposed to do. So you didn't have any thinking process or input or, or anything. It just seemed automatic. That is what you had to do until later down in your life, you realize, what am I doing? I don't know at what point you, you come to the, the awareness, consciousness that what what am I really doing? Who am I? You start questioning a lot of things. You start realizing, whose life am I really living? Is, is this what I really want? Do I have joy and happiness, excitement? What is going on? And you start to question, and then some of us may decide to, as our parents may, may call us, deviant or retaliate and go against the grain. You might start dropping friends or friends might start dropping you or the universe might start dropping everybody from your life because now your whole way of thinking because of that mindset change, that paradigm, the universe has picked up on that and start shedding people from your life and at the same time bringing the right people into your life. I want you to share that whole paradigm shift that happened with you because I gathered it was a shift that took place with you and share how you dealt with that because I know there's a shift happening in the world. Don't ask me how, I just know. And people are questioning, people are becoming more conscious, more awake. And it's like, they don't wanna do the same path thing. They don't wanna follow that. They, they wanna do their own thing, how they wanna do it. I don't know if it's because of technology, I don't know if it's because of the freedom of information, access to, I don't know what's happening, but people are questioning, asking, becoming deviant, if you want to call it that, actually being conscious. And I want to understand from you that transition that took place so that others can learn. No, thank you. It's it's a great, and that's that's a great summary, and I think it is, it's an awakening, there is a shift. Um, you know, for me, and I, th I think it's not even, it's not even that it's expected in terms of, you know, so when I was going through school and getting ready to go to college, uh, I remember sitting down with my parents and they said, we'll pay for part of your college, but you have to pay for the rest. And if you get an academic scholarship, great. If not, maybe you want to consider the military. And I didn't want to consider the military because I hated the military growing up because we moved so much. And I blamed being, you know, I blamed my dad being in the Marines for that. Um, but as it turned out, I didn't get an academic, an academic scholarship. And so it, it came down to, okay, well, how am I going to pay for my portion of college? And so it was, well, I, I guess I'll do the military thing, but I'm only going to do it for a short while because I still hated the military. <laughs> but it's not – it's when, when that's all you know, then you, you don't know anything else besides that. And so it just becomes, well, I, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I – I did it, and initially I, I was going to be in the Navy until I found out the Navy was too 
intense with engineering uh, and my mind just isn't an engineering mind. And so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll join the Marines. And I, I was denied the first time I had tried to apply for the Marine Corps. And so um, that created this desire and this energy inside me to, to be successful and accomplish this. And I, I committed really kind of the next nine months to focus on getting my grades where they needed to be, getting my physical fitness where it needed to be. And then I was selected to join the Marines. And once I got that, then I just wanted to do more and more and more. Um, and all the while, I had been an English major in college. I'd had things published, um, writings I'd done published when I was in school. Uh, but I put that aside to join the Marines because I didn't think those two things could coexist. Um, and it wasn't until about 10 years into my military career that uh, I had a boss who painted and I was blown away that there would be this Marine uh, who had paint, you know, paintings that he had done in his office. And so I was just, I, I just remember being awestruck by that. And it started me writing again. Um, and then, uh, you know, a few years went on and I had some, you know, it, certainly some rewarding um, uh, work that I did. I was, I spent some time in Central America helping militaries down there modernize um, but I ended up getting a tumor, a benign tumor in my neck wow. mm. and uh, I had to have the tumor removed. And I remember I got it removed and the next few days, I'm like, wait, what am I doing? Like, this is not, this is not what I want to do. And I realized that it was the script that I'd been handed down and it wasn't that it was forced to me, but it was just the only thing I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just got to the place where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I made the decision a few months later to get out, um, came to uh, corporate America and came to become a civilian. And uh, probably a week after I got out, uh, I, I took my first yoga class and, and that developed or started the relationship with yoga and then began the transition to becoming a civilian and, and really kind of getting to embrace my own story and, and really wanting to have a story that I could write and be proud of. Yeah. Now, now you, you decided to become a civilian and, you know, it started with having the yoga class and, and pursuing that professionally. Now I do a bit of yoga and I need to be doing it more, honestly, because um, I need that spiritually, honestly. Yes. I haven't been right. doing it. Uh, the whole thing is about consistency and I really need to delve deeper into it uh, in order to do my meditations and to connect and align myself. And just, I just love silence. I live in silence. I don't have a TV radio or anything. I just, I just love being in silence. I, people, don't understand that they find it's quirky it's weird why i don't know what's going on in the world and i'm like why do i need to know <laughs> you know there are so many there are so many negative things happening there you listen to people's conversations sure. and all oh, the first thing that's coming out of their mouth david is something negative and i'm like don't you have anything better to talk about <laughs> really is that the first thing that comes to your mind <laughs> it's it's true well and i think you know there's such you know, especially here in the United States, and I, I imagine it's similar elsewhere, there's so much information that's, you know, people are trying to get our attention with so much information, and some of it's negative, and I know in, here in the U.S., we have a 24-hour news cycle, and oh, yeah. the most worrisome stories are the stories they lead with because it's going to get people's attention, and yeah. you, if you watch any amount of news, you just end up feeling like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> um, but it's, it's true of TV. If you, I mean, even if just watching a lot of TV, 
what you come to find is you're just you're watching other people's creations you're watching That's whether right. it's an actor you're watching people sell their products or whatever and mm-hmm. um and some of it's good but most of it is you know it, it comes back to the question what are you doing with your life what are you do what right. are you creating and how can you create something that is going to help someone and move one person to have a better life or make another impact with someone else's life? And that's an important point. You know, what are you doing? How are you making a contribution? You're consuming what everybody else is pouring into you, good, bad, or indifferent. What about what yeah. are you creating to pour into somebody else? You know, that that's, is just imbalanced to me. <laughs> that's right. I mean, well, and that's, and that's just it. It's, we and it's almost in some ways like society cultivates consumption mm. and and that's part of the script that we're handed is oh you know buy this or if you want to be the cool kid on the block you buy this or you have yeah. this yeah. and so we develop this mindset oh i have to have the latest shoes or i have to have the latest whatever and um and you you get caught up in that and it's never enough and so you just go from i need this now i need this now i need this and um you know for an economy it might be good but for your development your soul's development it's, it's right. not the best thing and and you mentioned something there your soul people are not even i don't even know if they know how to spell it you know because the, the thing about it is they're not paying attention as far as i see so their soul, as much as people, there are, there are a few of us or some of us that are becoming conscious, realizing that, you know, what is happening? Who am I? How, how do I fit into this whole universe? You know, what part am I playing? There are still the majority of people that are so egocentric. They are focusing on materialistic things, running down the job, the money, the status, the, the, the so-called fake friends, because they are fake until something happens and you really know who your friends are, you know. You, you're just running down this thing like a, like a, like a rat race, you know, on the, on the wheel. And, you're, and you don't realize there's a soul living inside of you that, that needs to exist and be fed. Needs to exist and be fed. And, and yoga helps with that. And the simplistic life that you decided to follow, because I'm sure it must have been a calling of your soul, because it's a yearning. It's something that keeps gnawing at you, gnawing at you after a while when your soul is not fed. It's like, I'm incomplete. I don't feel, I don't, I, I, I just don't feel complete. I, I need something. And you, you don't know what it may be, but you have to start searching. You have to try this, try that, talk to yourself in order to figure it out. You really do. And I think, and part of it comes from when you try to satisfy this yearning inside by buying material things mm. to, to what end? I mean, how much can you buy? And, yes. and everything we, we buy is like a, a cheap fix. It provides yes. us a momentary yes. piece of happiness, but then it fades. And so you have to step back from that and realize that it's, it's not about material possessions. And I think, you know, so many people get consumed with that because it's, it's kind of how society gets us to focus, but you're right. I think, you know, Nikolai Tesla said it long ago that all matter is energy vibrating in a certain frequency. And so you think about that, we're all energy. Everything is energy. We're just vibrating at different frequencies. But when you think about that, you know, I just had a conversation with someone last week and I said, you know, you're not your mind. Your mind is just a tool for you to interact with this world, Mm -hmm. but there's something behind that. And so if you feel like your thoughts are consuming you, just 
step back and try to witness your thoughts and Mm -hmm. you'll see that then you have to ask the question, well, who, who is doing the witnessing? If I can see these thoughts kind of passing in front of me, who, who's doing the witnessing? And that's when you realize there's something more to it than just the physical body, just the the brain and just the mind. There's something behind that. And that's the soul. That's a yoga principle. And a lot of people may not understand when you say, look at it, take a step back and, and look at it and witness it. You know, like my friend who does yoga, says to me, it's like the clouds, you know, like when you lie back on your bed or you lie back on the, on the, the green grass and you look at the clouds just moving. It's the same thing. It dissipates after a while. It just keeps moving. Just watch it like clouds. Don't judge it. Don't talk about it. Just watch it. Just watch it. You know, it, it's, it's like a projection of a movie. You might be watching this thing. You just, you just observe. Don't come to any conclusion. Don't do anything. Just watch it go by. <laughs> I love that. I know. I love that analogy. So I, I tell people it's like a stream. It's like a stream and there's just the stream. It's the stream of consciousness. It really is a stream, but there's these thoughts flowing by and how you engage with them. And sometimes if you grab a hold of a thought, you put your hand in the stream, so to speak. And that's when you take ownership of a thought and you let it possess you. And if it's a thought about fear or anxiety or whatever, then that that occupies you as opposed to keeping your hand out of the stream and just saying, wow, there's an anxious thought, but I'm going to let that one go. But it's the same thing as the cloud in the stream. So I love that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said that. And your head was like bouncing. It's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually really funny. And I think, I think it is such a great exercise to do. You just, you don't really talk to it. You just allow it. And you're like, Hey, I, I, I was fearful about that. Or I feel fear over that. And the thing about it with yoga and with, with this whole acceptance is it's a, it's a sort of acceptance of yourself. You don't fight it. Why it stays with us is that we hold on to it, like you say, and we fight it. I don't want to feel that way. Why am I feeling that way? And you start bringing judgment over it. No, you're like, oh yeah, I feel that. Okay. I, I feel anxious. I feel fearful. Why? Why am I feeling anxious and fearful? And you continue the why. Why am I feeling this? Okay. And it leads to more questions, questions, more answers, questions, more answers. And you just allow it to pass by. It's okay to feel fear. In other words, you're acknowledging. It's okay. It cannot hurt you. It cannot hurt you. It it cannot do you anything. It's passing by. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, and it's, I know it's, I, even when I told this woman that I met uh, over, I think Thursday, we, we met to have a mentoring session. And I, I said, you know, you're not your mind. And I could see just on her face, this idea was mind blowing. I mean, you know, not, but it was mind blowing to her. And she sent me a note afterwards. And she said, you know, I, that, that thought has stayed with me that I'm not my mind and what a powerful idea. Mm-hmm. And you know, it really is when, but it's, it's hard. It's so hard for people to step back and realize that, you know, the, your view of the world is, is based on what you focus on, the meaning you assign to that, and then what you do about it. But it's, you could look at, you know, you and I could be in a room together and looking at a vase of roses. And for me, I might look at the roses and be sad because it reminds me of a funeral that I attended, but you might look at them and say, oh my God, those were most, you know, those roses remind me of this beautiful gift someone gave me. And so we look at something, but we have two completely different experiences of it. And we can assign the meaning that we give to the things that we focus on. But oftentimes we, we have habits that people have created that then we, we trigger this thought, which triggers a feeling. And then that triggers more thoughts that 
make us feel that way. And then it's just yeah. this circle where people can't get out of their own heads. Yeah, the looping, the looping, the monkey chatter. Oh my word, and yes. the mind is very good at that. The mind is very good at bringing back things from the past, way back in the past that you thought were dead and buried and double dead and triple dead. And it brings yes. it back. You know, it's ridiculous. If you don't take control of your mind, it's going to run you into the ground, David. It's going to make you feel guilt, shame, embarrassment. It will torture you. You are you, That statement you made about you're not the mind, I think, is the most important thing you've said so far. I am so serious. That we have to take control of it and talk to it. I mean, you could actually stop your mind and say, stop. Stop. I am, right. not, I am not accommodating you. Or you can say, thank you so much for sharing. I think I remember... Abraham saying that. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> right, right. And then, but then, but you know, and that's I've I've heard someone else say, "Get in your head, and you're dead." And it's just we can paralyze ourselves by analyzing something and overanalyzing it. And yeah. the key is just stop and do something. Do yeah. you know? Get out and do something. Put something and positive. Just take action. Yeah, and put yes. replace that. Replace that thought. Replace that feeling. You know. The thing, about yes, it, the thing about it is that we're, we're talking moving from a, a sort of, not really forceful, but like you say, scripted or programmed life to one where you moved as civilian. And why are we talking about pursuing life as a civilian? Because it's a simplistic life. You have moved from that whole status of military and all of that, you know, all the aplomb with being in the U.S. military, you know, it comes with some sort of status. So just putting on different types of clothes and you're just the regular guy. You're just David, <laughs> you know? Right. This sort of simple life may not be in keeping with some persons. I mean, when you look around in the world, like, you know, you go on Google or people might share things on YouTube. People have moved from, have downsized from four bedroom, five bedroom houses to one bedroom. I mean, they're even in some little houses that they built from whatever they just want a simple life living in the woods right. or living wherever with minimal conveniences yeah they have the light and the water and whatever but this is what they want because there's a certain amount of stress that comes with a complicated life yes there's your status and the friends and the whatever but what really is it adding to your life other than stress david compared to compared to a simple life where you can wake up and enjoy the beauty. You never notice the trees. All of a sudden, you're noticing the trees. You have the time. You, you suddenly start to say, I never saw that plant there. Oh, my word. My neighbor, I didn't know my neighbor's name. No, I know my neighbor's name is David. <laughs> you, you, you suddenly have a different outlook on life, which brings so much joy, happiness, peace to your soul. And as a matter of fact, I mean, I'm telling you this from my own experience, it gives you longevity of life. You, you, you yes. actually go out into the world smiling. I've had some people say to me, are you always like this all the time? I'm like, yes. I'm so <laughs> and they're like, do you know something is wrong with that? I'm like, no, I don't know that. <laughs> you know, they're looking at me as like, how could you be smiling all the time? I'm like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> you know, I really don't. <laughs> So I need, right. you, I need you to explain the simplicity of living and why people should pursue that type of life, not only for their soul, but for their mind, even for prosperity, 
yeah even for the, the the people that are around them that they can attract into their life tell us a bit about that civilian simple lifestyle well I, you know i think it first starts with the the other interesting thing specifically i think about the military but maybe too about other service industries as well is they have an identity that they want to give you you know and certainly in the marine corps in the united states of even though it's you know the smallest of the four armed forces it has probably the biggest reputation and it's you know if you look at our commercials there's this there's this sort of ethereal mystery of there's this intangible thing to what it means to be a united states marine and and so when you become a marine then you you're imbued with this identity and in the absence of having an identity yourself you say okay this is what i'll do i'll take this <laughs> and i think and kind of but i think as you you know if, if it doesn't fit you then and that's from you know was the case for me eventually i started to grow out of it and i said well this doesn't make sense this isn't who i am and that's what the transition was to make you know to come away from it and so you you step into the opportunity to, okay so who who am i who do i want to be what's the purpose of my life how do i give and and i think that's the simplicity that i see is you know when you say what's the purpose of my life and you start to get a focus your 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 brain your mind the universe is going to give you an answer when you ask that kind that's of question right. mm -hmm. and then that's where the simplicity comes in because you start to see this is what's important in my life and this is what's not important these are the people who are important in my life because these are the people who are going to nourish me help me grow i'm going to feed them and nourish them mm -hmm. they're going to nourish my soul i'm going to become more purposeful and then you see, well, gosh, these people that I was hanging out with before, you know, we just naturally, and it's not, it's not even necessarily a conscious thing, but you just, they just naturally start to fall away. And so That's I think, right. you know, the transition for me to civilian life provided me, even though it maybe took some time to get there, but it provided me that clarity until I did ask, what's the purpose of my life and got really focused. And through that focus, I've seen, you know, I don't need, I don't need to have these airs about me. I don't need to you know, there, there are people, and I, I, I appreciate and respect everyone who served in the military, everyone who's still in the military, but I sometimes see there are people who get out and they can't let go of that identity mm -hmm. because that's what they feel their identity is. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more to than just being, you know, oh, I was this 10 years ago. Well, mm -hmm. who are you now? Like, you're not <laughs> 10 years ago. You're you're this person now. Who is this person? Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 Yep. I, I, I watched this movie, Overcomer, and I, would, I don't know if you have seen it, I would recommend it to persons, Overcomer. And it's about stripping away of everything that you know. If you're stripped away of, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm the football coach, I'm the this, I'm the that, who really are you? Who really are you? And we, we have to realize that we are not the job title. We are not the right. person in our household. If that is removed from you, you know, and this is why, you know, I, I sense people commit a lot of suicide because they are so attached to that identity that they don't know themselves as anything else other than they don't know who they are. They just identify themselves with the role that have been either placed on them or attached to them or whatever it may be that they really don't know who they are. I, I love what you said. And it's actually, so my, my third book, which I'm just starting to write, but I'll, I'll just kind of give you the tagline to it, but the, it's called being, but the premise is human is what we do. Being is who we are. Mm -hmm. And so many of us don't take the time out to think about 
who we are. And you're right, we, we identify as our, ourselves with a role, whether it's a job or some kind of description, but that's really what we do. And we look at who we are. We're so much more than any job title, any description or any descriptor we could have about us. It's, it's much more powerful than that. And I think sometimes people lose sight of that. And, and I agree with you. I think that's why they get lost. And like, why well, I, I can't, if I'm no longer this, I don't know what else to do. I don't know who else I can be. And yeah. so instead of instead of embracing the unique gift that they are, um, they lose themselves, and that's what makes it hard. Yeah, I, and I have here your books featured on the on the screen. And you have oh, excellent. Advice here, yes. But your first two books, The Lighthouse Keeper: Story of Mind Mastery, because it all begins in the mind. Yes, even though you're not your mind, it all begins there. Yes. Yes. As um, Bob Proctor says, things are created twice in your mind and in form. It starts, you already created it in your mind, and then it becomes form. So things are created twice, not once. So, and then That's you right. whiskey and yoga. Now, look here, David. You're not supposed to be drinking when you're doing um, yoga. Just, <laughs> just to tell you, in case of all these years you've been doing it, you've been drinking. Now I I'm know. Just, yes, please. Yes, please. That's why I can never do my balance poses because of the whiskey. I knew no, it. I'm I kidding. knew it. <laughs> You've been drinking. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. So no. Um. Uh, so first, the lighthouse keeper actually comes out at the end of the month. Uh, so I'm very excited, but uh, it's just coming out March 31st. You know, whiskey and yoga. Um, I wrote that in 2017. I was really surprised it became an international bestseller, number one in self-help on Amazon. But the idea came to me. I, I've been practicing yoga now for you know, 13 years, wow. uh, I've, I've come, I've come to really enjoy, uh, scotch and, and whiskey and for, <laughs> for, for Christmas, for Christmas in December, 2016, someone gave me a t-shirt that said whiskey and yoga. And I said, that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and then, and then it was in, uh, I was reading actually Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich. Yes. And in that book, you know, in the first or second par or chapter, he asks, what is the purpose of your life? That's right. And I realized I had never asked myself that question. I'd always asked myself, it kind of goes back to who we are or what we do. And I always asked myself, what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. In the Marines, it was, where do I want to go next? What assignment do I want next? Um, and then when I got out, it was, you know, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I mean, that question just rocked me on my heels. And so I, I wrote down a purpose statement and I said, mm -hmm. the purpose of my life is this and it had to do with writing. And so I started writing whiskey and yoga and I liked the title because for me, I was like, how can I make, how can I bring whiskey and yoga together besides practicing yoga while drunk? And that didn't seem like a good <laughs> idea, um, yoga. but it really, <laughs> yeah, but, but it really became for me, you know, they both tell the story of a spirit mm. and for whiskey, the spirit is in a cask and That's the spirit right. ages in a cask. And for yoga, the spirit goes through this journey in a body. Um, I like that. And so that's how I, that's how I brought them together. But it was really, I, I kind of, I wrote about 200 pages autobiographical and then I stopped and realized, you know what, this isn't the best way to go. So I threw, <laughs> I threw 200 pages of writing away. I sat down and wrote a, a 10 chapter outline for a self-help book on helping people find their purpose in life. Um, and then two months later, I'd written Whiskey and Yoga. It went out in October that year and, and, uh, and went on to really good success. So I was really happy with it. Oh, congratulations on that. Thank so you. Is, Thank you. People can join the mailing list for these two. And of course, they can get this book, which is currently out. Yes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
All right, so let's see what else is happening. Do you have workshops coming up? I have a uh, journeys workshop. And so this is um, coming out later this year, but it's really meant to help people identify who they are nice. and who they want to be. Mm -hmm. And you know, oftentimes we get so caught up, especially in today's society where technology has been amazing in terms of what it's been able to provide for us, but we get so caught up in, oh, I have so much to do. I've got, I got to do this. And from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to bed, for some of us, we're on our phones, we're checking our yeah. phones. We got to do this. We got to do that. And, you know, doing is the currency of life, whether what for right or for wrong, but it's, we, it's, it's so much a part of what we live. Who are you is, is something that kind of falls by the wayside, but we're talking about what do we do? And so journeys is really meant to get people oriented on who they are, what they value, what their habits are now, and then help them create a picture of who they want to be. And when you start to look at who you want to be, you can look at that in any area of your life. It could be family, it can be relationships, it can be career, it can be finances, it can be spirituality, health and fitness. And you start to create an identity of who you want to be in a particular area of your life. What, what does that person think about? What does that person value? What's important to that person? What's not important to that person? Yeah. And from there, as you start to carve out this identity of who you want to be in a certain area of your life, then the things that you need to do to become that person become self-evident. And so what we do is most people live their lives by doing things, thinking they'll have things to become the thing they want to become. And it's always external. It doesn't work out that way. You have to manifest who you want to be and have a picture of that. And then you'll do the things that that person does to have the things those, that person has. Um, and that's what Journeys is all about. Fabulous. And this is how they can contact you. So yes. you have a form here so persons can reach out to you yeah, via email yes. and submit. And it's not just only a matter of Journeys, the workshop. If anybody wants to reach out to you at all, they can use this contact page. And of course, there's all the little mails flying around you. So <laughs> lots, lots of mail. I'm also available for keynote speaking. Uh, and obviously, um, I'm happy to be on uh, interviews like this one. Okay, great. And there's a speaker one sheet that persons can get. Uh, all those who are in the media, persons who are hosts of podcasts, etc., they can download this to get to know more about you. And of course, they can always check you out on Between the Lines, this interview and be able to get to know more about you and our discussion. Yes? Is yes. there any final words you want to say, David, before we close off the show? No, Corrine, I thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our, our time together. And hopefully, as we talked about, this has helped one person in your audience at least, yes. uh, hopefully more than that, but uh, have made an impact on someone's life. And so I really appreciate our time. Oh, yes. I appreciate our time too. And I appreciate you waking up from you know, that type of life. It's there are few of us, but I appreciate all of us that are waking up and little by little, eventually the energy flow is gonna to touch someone. And I think it's how we live our lives that others look at and want that. And you know, if we continue to live that kind of life on a spiritual journey and people see how our lives are manifesting, they'll want that same thing and ask us, what are we doing? What are we doing? And so we must continue on that journey. We must continue on that path. Thank you so much, David, for sharing your wisdom, sharing your knowledge, sharing your life experiences. And like you said, if it's one life that we change, we are quite happy to do that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you.